This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is a hundred percent Australian owned and local. Phone one three one eight zero six. Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blades. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne, with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. And welcome to the very last episode of Homestar with Shana Blaze. For this series, I'm Jane Neild, and each week I have had the pleasure, thanks to Red Energy, of jumping in a studio and talking all things design with Shana Blaze, of course, the designer on Selling Houses Australia, judge on the block, and author of Design with Colour and Style and Design Your Home, Shana Blaze, eight episodes. We've had such a lot of fun. (laughs) It's gone very, very quickly and I feel like we've covered a lot of ground but at the same time they're just really tiny points that, you know, there's a million other podcasts we could do for sure. (laughs) We must thank everyone who has been listening, Shana, because I've been getting so many comments from people nowhere near the amount that you have with your large social media following. (laughs) So many people have been listening in and really appreciating hearing you just thrash out some of these design ideas that perhaps we don't get to see some of the, you know, the thinking behind things as much when we see you on the TV. Yeah, it's really hard to get the nitty gritty because it it is the thought process that gets you the end result and there's no time to go through that thought process. You go through, okay, I need to do this and this is how we did it rather than going through those steps. And some people said, I'd really like to see that, but it does make boring TV if if that's all it's about. It really is. (laughs) And, of course, you are yourself doing a few little renos at the moment. Word Uh is that your office is getting a little facelift. Yes. Well, the offices um, where I am used to be on a different level and now we've, we've gone to a level where I used to have it open for photography and for events and exhibitions and it was just too much hard work. So now that's going to be the office space. So just doing some renos in there at the moment, putting a little bit more style because it was very minimalist and, and sort of almost warehouse feel. And now it's going to be something just a little bit more glamorous that will suit design. So what what are you adding, adding in? How does Shane add some glamour? <laughs> well, you know, it was a concrete floor. We're adding some timber onto the floor, uh, really sort of giving some focus to the fireplace, looking at the colours of the walls, looking at how we actually function a bit more and some of the furniture. And you also have a, a little co-worker in your gorgeous little doggy. <laughs> oh, she's so beautiful, Phoenix. She sits at the front window. We've got Phoenix's front window at the moment. We've sort of given her a beautiful rug and a, a cane bed. And she's got a, if anyone wants to go past, she has a, a feather floor lamp, which is quite decadent. And she sits at the front window and we've got a little picture of her as employee of the month. And she's a little bit of a star <laughs> at Hawthorne at the moment. It's so wonderful though. I know there's a lot of people who have dogs in their lives and of course under COVID-19 restrictions have been at home more than they ever were. And the little doggies are like, I love you being home. This is great. This working from home thing works for me. There was a rumour that the dogs actually started this. (laughs) Just to get everyone at home so they've got a lot more attention. Although there has been a lot of those pictures of dogs not wanting to go out anymore. Yeah. They're just like, stop now. Stop. I, I'm done. I don't need to go for another walk. How many times do you walk little Phoenix a day? Well, three. Oh, really? Three. The big oh. one in the morning and then just sort of middle of the day for a bit of boredom and then at night just towards the end of the day. So, you know, just to sort of get out there and just stretch the legs. Well, we thought to wrap up Homestyle this uh, episode, we would do a bit of a Q&A because, uh, Shana, you get a lot of questions from people. So can I just sort of set the scene? I mean, I've just had a quick sneak look at your Instagram. You have 
hundreds and hundreds of messages. And I love the fact that people feel like they know you so well and you're so accessible. And it's like, oh, hi, Shana. And it's so fascinating. But of course, you can't possibly get to everyone personally, can you? No, because they're so detailed. Like, you know, I showed you one message where it was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And it is so specific. And, you know, that's actually probably like a a four or five hour consultation. Mm. So there's only certain types of questions you can answer in these Q&As. But it's, it's one of those things where I'm really glad people feel they can do that because it just means that they're understanding it's all about solutions. Like design isn't just about making things pretty. It's about solutions. Mm. Yeah, you've been really strong throughout this whole series on it's about how you want to feel in your home and in your room. So, yeah, yeah, lots of really in-depth questions. So we are going to attempt to just cover off on a couple of those in the next uh, few minutes. So Peter on Facebook to kick things off. Any tips on painting all white inside? I need to brighten some rooms and a general freshen up is required. So where do we go for some advice for Peter? So with white, there's so many different types of whites. For one, it's just like there's a thousand whites, maybe 2,000, maybe 5,000 whites in the world. blows my mind. (laughs) Exactly. We used to come from a world of yellow-based whites and and yellow-based whites have a glow to them and they end up sucking up the light and taking away from the light that you actually need. So it's really like picking the right white is very hard in the fact that you need to know where all the natural light's coming from. If it's a very strong west, it's going to be quite a warm white that you'll end up with. So you might want to go for a really strong polar white because once it gets the afternoon sun into it, it goes a bit yellow. Mm. So if you do sort of a, a very sort of muted white, it might look quite yellow and it's not intended to be at other times. But then you have the problem of it being too clinical when the sun's not there. So sort of going for that you know, slight tint of white that hasn't got a yellow base is, is the best thing to go for, you know, beautiful west facing. If you've got south facing, do not go for anything that's like a blue base white or a very clinical white because it will feel like a fridge because it just doesn't have that natural light to actually warm up the space. So they're the two things you've got to really look at when you're picking whites. And what you've got to do, any any sort of colour that has a, a slight bluey or a green to it will give a beautiful sense of warmth to a space but at the same time, it will still reflect light. So a, a green and a blue base will still bounce off light. So you don't have to go for that clinical polar white to reflect light. It might seem like a silly question. And I would recommend Peter go back and make sure you listen to our episode on colour. But do you still, if it's just white, you really do still need to do colour samples on the wall yeah, to, to well, check that. It just seems a bit silly. It's like, I'll just paint white, 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 yeah, white, well, <laughs> white. White takes on all the colours around it. So it'll soak up the colour of the curtains. If you have curtains, it'll take up the colour of the, the couches. It it reflects everything around it. So, and even like what I was talking about, the natural light will take on the warm tones of, you know, the west sun coming through and make it a, a warm, yellowy white that's on there. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is one of those ones where you have to put swatches of white in there and just see how it changes from morning, afternoon and even the evening when you've got no natural light coming in. It's really important to have a look at those. So don't be too quick. But another thing that you can do to freshen up a space, if you do want to have those those tones, like I was talking blues and, and, and greens, go you can go a little bit stronger, but do all your contrast, like your trims and your furniture, quite white. 
So that will actually sort of really pop and give it energy to the space and still feel light and bright. Well, Peter, hope that helps you out. Uh, Carolyn on Facebook, Shana, I noticed you spray a lot of bathrooms and kitchens on Selling Houses Australia. You're nodding because you get this question all the time. Is it cost effective and does it last? Do you recommend for a bath, walls and floor and how long does it last? I love this question. Well, I've got to say when I first started selling houses, um, this technology wasn't it, – it was getting started but it, it wasn't really um, accessible and we used to just paint it by hand and unless you do that, you can still do that. You can still paint um, by hand and do it yourself but getting it sprayed is – life-changing. So people say, oh, when I've got a quote, sometimes it's a lot more expensive than what I thought. Well, most of the time it will last 15 years. Okay. So that's, yes. that's pretty good. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to pay for a plumber, a tiler for waterproofing and for new um, fittings if you're just going to spray the bath and the tiles. And the electrician, because then you've got to rewire all, all of it. switches. All okay. of it. So you are you are saving a lot of money and you're not paying for the cost of tiles. And the great thing about it, ready for this one, is it seals the grout. So no mould on your grout. Ah, so oh, if you've got a few little issues, it just yeah. covers the lot. Absolutely. Wow. So, you know, it can last up to 15 years. There's, uh, if you have a look on the, the fact sheets for Selling Houses Australia, there's companies and there's, you know, they franchise everywhere around. So if you go to the main the main company, um, you know, if you look at the last few series on Selling Houses, you'll be able to find that really easily and look at the fact sheets and then they'll be able to tell you the people that's in your area. So it sounds like, Carolyn, that it's actually an affordable option. It is. It's going to last. Yes. And uh, we've seen the results on the shows. It can be absolutely stunning. It does. But the only thing, it can do the floor of your shower base but not your actual floor. That's a whole different slip rating and that's a whole different sort of economics of what you do there. So still, look, you need to cover the flooring. You can get a, um, a hybrid laminate flooring that is waterproof as well. So maybe if you want to cover the existing tiles, you look at that. And if you really need to do it on a budget, you can paint it yourself, but I guess the finish is not going to be quite up to the standard of the spray. Ten. Depends how meticulous you are. I'm not meticulous. I'm a little bit quick, so I don't get the finish of a professional. There you go, Carolyn. Uh, Junction Street Renault on Instagram on one of your posts asked you, Shana, do you think that a dark navy island bench and a charcoal fireplace in the open living area would work well? Possibly a picture sent through with this, but, you know, that dark sort of colours and then charcoals, are too, too dark? It depends. Well, it depends what's in between. That's what it comes down to. Like a, a navy island bench, I'm assuming the cabinetry is what it is. If it's a dark navy bench top, might be just a bit too much. I think that could be too heavy. But if it's a dark navy island bench with the cabinetry and the bench top, then it becomes its own island mm. and, and, and that's fine. So it's what you do in between. So charcoal on the fireplace wall or the fireplace? Mm, on the fireplace. Right. So, no, that should be okay as long as the, the charcoal has a, a, almost a blue base to it and then you do lots of textural elements in between. So you don't have lots of gloss, don't have lots of um, heavy materials around it because otherwise it will just feel a little bit overwhelming. But, yeah, it can still work.
for sure. Fantastic. Uh, Liana from Geelong. Shana, I love the way you incorporate art into your designs. I would love to purchase a couple of feature pieces, but I don't have the budget for originals. Do you have any suggestions as to where I might find affordable artworks? There's a couple um, couple of places that you can go to that have affordable prints, affordable limited edition and affordable original. I think if you think you can't afford original, there are some, you know, Art Lovers Australia has a lot of up-and-coming designers, a lot of up-and-coming artists, and they're not that expensive for original. And then you've also got Blue Thumb that has a lot of original on it from artists that are, you know, starting out. They've actually got their own business that are not represented by a gallery. So you can actually get affordable original art. It's more the framing that ends up costing a lot of money. So delve in there. Like it's going down the rabbit hole on those websites. And if anyone knows of any other websites of affordable, and these are all Australian artists and, mm. and overseas, but most of them are Australian. Um, yeah, let us know. So Art Lovers Australia and Blue Thumb, we're going to put yes. the links to that in the show notes. Yes. I think there will probably, I've got this little feeling that there would be an amazing amount of Australian artists who during three or so months of COVID lockdown have probably been cranking out the work. Yeah. So why not support Australian artists now if you get I the chance? I agree. I agree. <laughs> and there was also when, when we had the bushfires, there was I can't remember what the hashtag was, but there was a, a whole collective of artists around the world that had original art and they donated those pieces and auctioned them off. So it, on the, all their Instagrams, and I actually bought one that's just so absolutely stunning. She was a New Zealand artist and she donated her artwork for the um, the bushfires. So have a, have a look at uh, – I'll try and find that hashtag of what it was because there were mm. so many incredible artists that supported Australia worldwide. It would be nice to actually support them back with some original art. But if you can't if you can't afford, you know, two or three hundred dollars for original art, you can get prints just in, in shops, you know, IKEA is a big one. Or you might actually want to just buy some frames and do a bit of artwork yourself. Yeah, I love that. Someone on your Instagram just said, I could paint that picture. It looks so easy. I always think that. And then Yeah, but you know <laughs> what? The, the, I bought a mug. My um my daughter-in-law is an artist, but also she's an art teacher. And I bought her this mug one Christmas and it was that exact comment. Oh, I could have done that. And underneath is, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> And good to know, though, that the framing is something that you really need to be mindful of yes. because it's easy to go and grab something or buy it online and then yeah. go, it's going to cost me how much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must say I picked up for $15 a little while ago in a little op shop in Ballarat North. I thought, I like that. I like it. It was in a dusty old corner in the most ugh, silver frame, feral sort of powder blue um, setting. Yeah. It was an original charcoal drawing of a wow. nude. Yeah. By a Victorian artist who I'm trying to track down, actually, because I wonder if he wants it back. But it That's was an original. Really cool. It's just that no one really noticed because it was so dusty and in a corner. So I do recommend keeping your eye out. Ooh. Garage sales, op shops, auction Could that houses. Be something on Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> you need to find out. I need to because I've researched. You know, he's got stuff in the NGV. And oh my know, god, I know. Um, <laughs> be careful if you want to give it back. You might actually be able to pay for your next reno. Hmm. All right, we might talk about that. How I actually. Uh, find out the provenance of a, a piece of artwork I bought for 15 bucks. Um, KW on Insta, how long does it take to renovate a house and how long should it take? <laughs> how long have you got, Shana? Yeah, look, I, look, I think that's the, the, the thing, you know, committing to a renovation is, is 
huge. Like the, the planning should take quite a while, but then you've also got council, then you've also got builders' quotes, then you've got the actual renovation itself, then you've got stops for weather, then you've actually got um, stops for, you know, contingency mm. of paying extra when you, you're halfway through and you think, oh, I actually need this or I've hit a pipe or something else has happened. We didn't know that was behind the wall. I, I think for a small reno of just like a bathroom or a kitchen, you know, the plan, including the planning and doing it depending on the cabinet maker's timeline, like, you know, ordering your cabinetry can take up to 12 weeks. And I've got to say with COVID, cabinet makers have been so busy, so you haven't been able to get things quickly as what you thought you oh. would. So, you know, renovation of like an, an extension and going through council, you know, it can be anywhere up to 18 months. Yeah, And, wow. you know, just doing a reno yourself at home with just, you know, a bathroom or something could take three months. So it, it the, make sure that's why it's really important to have all your planning sorted before you go into getting quotes because once the quote's been set, then you make some changes. That's where it's going to cost you and mm. take time because it's a domino effect of when you change something timeline-wise. Yeah, you often see that on the shows where it's like, I just want to tweak this and the flow-on effects of making one change to yeah. a plan can actually be very costly, can't they? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think really just, um, you know, if you're going to do a, a big renovation, you know, 18 months is not as long as what you think it is. And do you also have to make sure people understand that things will go wrong? I mean, it's sort of that cliche, isn't it, on a renovation show that, oh, we're going to knock down this wall in the kitchen uh-oh, yeah. it's got the central heating pipe in it. Like, like that does happen, doesn't it? It's not just a TV yeah. sort of shtick. Well, the, the thing is also that there are still a lot of houses that we renovate that we don't have any original council plans for. So you unless you work on something, you don't know what's behind it. Like one of mine is like you know, a bathroom that I've got that I have to completely gut, which I just thought I was going to have to tweak. But there was a lot of water problems and what has happened is the – bathroom was never waterproofed. Oh, wow. So for so, years it's just been absorbing all absolutely. these. Absolutely. Anything before like, you know, anything before the 90s may never be waterproofed. So be very aware of that. Anything after the 90s probably has waterproofing. This was not that old that should have been waterproof. Wow. So it's a little bit illegal because okay. you have to get your waterproofing signed off. Just be aware in any bathroom that is pre-80s probably, most probably has asbestos, so that's extra costs. And anything before the 80s most probably does not have waterproofing. Okay, so asbestos and waterproofing. Yes. I'm going to jump to Alana from Coburg. Her question is, we've just moved in and are worried about lead paint. What's the best way to get things tested? I mean, I think that comes under the cracker. We better find out if there's asbestos here. Yes. The best way is to um, you scrape off a chip and um, your painter can work it out straight away. If it's a very, very high gloss, it's most likely oil-based, but whether it's lead. Lead hasn't been used in paint really since the, oh gosh, around the 50s. Lead base was a lot earlier, but a lot of commercials still had lead in it. Mm. Uh, so you know there is a difference between lead paint and then difference between oil base. And I think one of the things is your painter, as a professional painter, will most probably know. And lead paint is um, quite dangerous to remove. So a lot of the time it's just a repair and paint over. Mm. So you can paint over it without too much issue. It's yes. It's trying when it, to get it off. It's like asbestos. If it's not broken, it's not going to do the damage. As soon as the lead paint, you start to um, you know, take off and scrape. That's when it starts being an issue. 
Yeah. And if Alana doesn't have a professional painter and they're thinking of doing it themselves, can you take it to a paint store? Can you get a sample analysis done? Um, you can get a sample analysis, but not at a paint store. I think you'd have to go to like go to some scientific test. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit of Googling there, Alana, but it's good that you're thinking about it because yeah. I think asking the questions when you move into a property is yeah. well worth it. Uh, Karina in Mount Barker, why do you always have a shot of you pulling the tags off the cushions oh. on Selling Houses Australia? Is it a sponsorship thing? I've got to say I've thought this a thousand times. Can I just say it is a drinking game? On social oh, media. I was going to suggest that. But it's I'm a drinking glad. game. Absolutely. <laughs> so many people just like, oh, I'm nestling into selling houses to watch Shana pull the tags off. And then you've got people go, no, I feel so sorry for the cushions. You're going to break them. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, it, on selling houses, we have a lot of contra, which means that they give us things. And um, that's exactly what it is. It's not sponsorship. Sponsorship is a paid advertorial, but this is just, you know, people. Um, helping us out with um, items. You know, there might be an artist, there might be somebody who's just doing some basic cushions of just a few major pieces and we yep. pull off the tag and it's a one way that we can just get that in and get that support. But there is a drinking game involved, so you guys know that we're going to be watching. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny because some people say, why does she always do it? And there's so many people that just can't stop laughing. They, oh, here she goes again, pulling. And it's quite humorous. So I, I actually get quite theatrical now. I love it. Um, personal question from me then, actually, yeah. on that point. So when you do a reno on selling houses, I'm assuming most of the furnishings are actually hired. Yes, yes. And so does that stay until the sale has finished? Or do you have a little period and you go, look, if you can't sell it in four months, like how oh, long do no, you leave the furniture there? No, it's there? a six-week campaign. So usually oh. a campaign for selling your house is six to eight weeks, which is what the contract is for your agents. So it is a contract of a certain amount of time and then they get the option to extend that lease if they want to. Um, sometimes we'll get loaned a couple of feature pieces, so they'll go go back after six weeks as well. But that's usually the, the length of a campaign and it all goes if they don't want to pay for it to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, that's interesting because I was always wondering, like, if it takes so long. But from what yeah. I understand, actually, another of our Red Energy podcasts you can listen to is Under the Hammer, where we talk real estate. Uh -huh. But, you know, the most likelihood is you're going to sell in the first couple of weeks of the yes. campaign. Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay. Um, David from Brisbane, how much does what you see out of the window have to do with your design process, Shana? Or do you only focus on what's inside? That's a really interesting yeah. one because you're an interior designer. Yeah. Someone like Charlie Albone is a is a you know a garden yeah. guy. Yeah. Do the two cross, or do you just go? I've done my job inside. Don't care that we can see the neighbours' dirty old wooden fence. No, it has to work <laughs> together. It has to work together. So, you know, whatever you see out the window will actually reflect what's going on inside because one, as you said just there about the neighbour, is that one, privacy, so you have to work out your window treatments. Then also the colours that you're having inside your home. A lot of the time I use my inspiration from what's outside. So, you know, I'll do like a beautiful green palette if I'm in the bush or I might do sort of some tans and torps so it makes the green stand out more. So you're using the windows as artwork. So what do I do to enhance the artwork or what do I have to do to actually hide the artwork? Mm. So it's really important for colour-wise but also for selection of style and also selection of privacy of, of what you actually utilise. So, you know, window treatments, sometimes you put shutters on because you're actually going to hide what's out there so that mm. way you can put whatever you want on the inside. And also if you've got this incredible tree or this beautiful garden, you want to make that the hero. So uh, 
one of the greatest things is is when you're by the beach and you've got a view or when you're, you know, in the bush and you've got this view, if you do too much of the interior, it actually works against the most expensive thing, which is that view. People mm. pay the old million-dollar view. So what you've got to do inside might have to be pared back so it doesn't compete with that million-dollar view and it becomes all quite harmonious. So, again, you know, we've talked about psychology interiors and it becomes that part of, of a hero Mm. and the psychology of how you want to feel. And that view might be the most peaceful thing in, in your home. So you have to make them work together. But you can also say, I'm sorry, people, that if you're not landscaping, let's just put some shutters on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't like it. You know, you've got the neighbours peeking next door. You might have a high fence that, you know, or it might be where the bins are stored and you just need to put something there. Okay. So out outside is... It's very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but I have to say, like with Charlie and I, we, we, we laugh because um, we don't, because we do our design so quickly that we, <laughs> we will turn up with colour schemes and things like that, that we, you know, we haven't really listened to each other and, and you know, you're doing that, yeah, whatever, and I'm doing that. And we'll get there on the day and it's all coming together and you go, oh, I've got that on the inside. Oh, I've got that on the outside. Oh. And we find that, you know, we were so in sync of the, the look and feel that we knew was right for the area and the style that, that the interior and the exterior actually work together. But if you have a landscaper and an interior designer that don't actually talk and aren't on the same wavelength, you can end up with two completely different houses and mm. that's not good. All right. Hopefully that has helped, David. Uh, one last question here from Kevin in Clare. That's in South Australia, I think. How do I incorporate my pets into my home without compromising on style? That's an wow. interesting one because yeah. you see, you know, cat runs and cages and scratching posts and your dog, Phoenix. Yeah. Beautiful, nice beanbag and a little throw there. So can yeah. pets... And stylish elements kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. Look, I think there's so many businesses that have popped up at the moment with beautiful interior beds and beautiful toys and a lot of people are sort of, you know, working with um, their cats. But it's really about the fabrics you use. You know, if you've got a cat that's going to scratch, it's, you know, sometimes you just can't stop them. So that's a sort of a behavioural thing. And, you know, if you don't want your cat scratching on everything, maybe don't spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on doing the best couch. But I think, you know, the smells are probably one of the biggest things. So look at fabrics that don't absorb smells as uh, much. That's a really good idea. Outdoor rugs yeah. inside and also leathers are really good because they don't tend to absorb the smells. And also, you know, making your dog, you know, sitting on the couch, I make sure I actually have a blanket that is the same colour as the couch so she can be on that blanket so she knows that's hers so we're not compromising the colour, the look and the feel. And I think also one of the things with animals, I, I read the other day, like I just can't believe this, like for cats to stop scratching, put Vicks Vapor Rub near there mm, and they don't like, like the camp from the menthol <laughs> so that will go. Um, so just thinking of, uh, of how you want your animals to live in your life, um, you know, with cats and everything like that, they tend to get on the benches and knock things over. So maybe look at sturdy sculptures or things that are really simple and anything you want as knickknacks goes behind glass or in a cabinet. So you are sort of compromising the look and feel that you want to a certain extent. So maybe it's a case of having the type of animal that's, you know, if you want to keep everything perfect, you have an animal that's just, you know, not as playful inside. Yeah. An axolotl in a tank. <laughs> an axolotl in a tank, exactly. If only you could find out if your pet was going to be a scratcher or, you know, yeah. an inside wear before you actually uh, bought them home. 
time. So, no. so you know, there is a little bit of compromise sometimes and it depends, you know, but training, especially with a dog, you can train them not to be on the furniture if you want to. That's that's the best thing. So you've got to actually do the hard work. Yes, and get a great vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the thing is people think that, um, you know, all the long-haired dogs are the ones that the, the hair's the problem. If you get dogs that have very short hair, sometimes it's it's called pointy hair. It actually gets stuck in everything and no matter how much you vacuum, you can't get oh, them up. Okay. So there you go. Sometimes <laughs> the long hair is easy because it all fluffs up and balls uh, up and you can vacuum them up very, you can really, really it. easy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So pointy hair. Take it off the list. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Shana. I think uh, some of those fantastic questions coming through from your social media. And, of course, you can send Shana a question, but just be aware, she has got people messaging her from all over the world <laughs> for some advice, which leads me to the fact that, Shana, you are available to consult with people. If someone's listening and they're serious about, I actually want to spend some time with Shana, I want to book in an appointment how does that work? What's the process? Well, if they go to our website, there's a contact page. There's a contact page for media, but then there's a contact page for design. So just go onto shanablaze.com and go to the contact page. Okay. And you, you've got time at the moment. Are you taking your or, clients or is that a tricky part? <laughs> that is a bit tricky. We're sort of booked up. I've got to say a lot of people spending way too much time in their own home realising that it's not functional, that I'm pretty booked up. But okay. um, if you would like a consultation, we'll probably be looking towards the end of 2020. Okay. Well, the people, what else have we got to do, people? Oh, exactly. Can't, go Can't travel that much at the moment. <laughs> and what else is on the cards? Apparently, obviously, a whole lot of clients, but anything else you're working on? Are you writing more at the moment? Or Well, I write for Stella Magazine. I've got a new um, range coming out for Harris Scarf. So we've got homewares coming out in for the spring collection coming up really soon. Ooh, what can we expect? Because I love a little Harris Scarf shop. Well, I've got to <laughs> say, you know, I'm going quite pretty. Oh, good. Yes. A, li- a little bit pretty and a little bit girly without polarising too much. But, there, yeah, there's quite a oh. quite a beautiful few pretty patterns in there just to sort of put a smile on your face, which I think is exciting. I must recommend one of the best things I bought from your range yeah. was a – it's like a beach bag, but it's insulated. Just a lovely dark blue with a yep. nice striped motif, and that goes everywhere with us. It is such a good little – piece of kit to have. Well, the thing is we had picnic baskets and we had that as well. And and the picnic baskets literally sold out within a, a few weeks. And the, I know exactly what you're talking about with that other thermal bag. They yeah. are. They're really handy and you can use them all, all year round. You don't have to go on a picnic. Oh, so good. So we'll definitely be looking out for your new line at Harris Scarf come spring. Shana, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your knowledge, your expertise over the last eight weeks. I've had an absolute ball and I can't believe we've done eight weeks. It's fantastic. <laughs> so fingers crossed everyone walks away with something that they can make their life just that little bit nicer. And if you would like to recommend this podcast to a friend, we would love you to. You know, if you're talking design, you're thinking Renault, Thinking Building, make sure you recommend Homestar with Shana Blaze to a friend or a family member. And, of course, you can get Shana's books, Design Your Home and Design with Colour and Style, at all good bookstores. We've got a couple of links on things we've discussed today in the show notes, so make sure you check them out. Thank you, Shana. Thank you very much and um, happy design. Happy designing and thank you to Red Energy who have made this show possible. They're born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. So switch to Red Energy today. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy. 
born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. If you enjoyed Homestyle with Shana Blaze, then check out the other podcasts in the Red Energy Lifestyle series. For all things gardening and DIY, enjoy the sport of gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. The compost is on trend at the moment. It is, uh, <laughs> it is as cool as a hairstyle by Dustin Martin, I can tell you. Born and bred in Melbourne, that's Red Energy. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze, part of Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series. Available on your favourite podcast platform and the SEN app.